0: to another episode of my summer layer space station oddity and uh my name is sammy unan and i'm hanging out with uh james bond
1: obsessor stephanie cole
0: all right that's a very uh, reserved introduction today usually you have a lot more elaborate like award-winning and uh, to, well i
1: mean Right now, all I care about is James Bond. So, <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Um, me and my roommate are doing a rewatch of all the movies, and uh, I'm 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 just like I, I'm looking at I'm seeing it Thursday night. i have seen No Time to Die Thursday night, and I'm kind of looking at it. You know, Craig's last outing the same way I I'm approaching it the same way I approached End Game. Like I'm really excited to see it, and I have no desire to see it whatsoever because once I've seen it, that's it. Done. Yeah. So, but I also, I'm like, I'm I'm so to today. I ran my last long race today before my marathon next week. And so it was 10 miles and, you know, that sticks with you the, for the rest of the day. So
0: I could imagine when you say you're watching all of the movies, are you watching like all those Daniel Craig movies or all the Bond movies? Yeah,
1: no, we're, no, we're, no, we're doing the We're doing Daniel Craig's because I specifically want to watch the, the Daniel Craig saga. That's what we want to do. We want to, we're watching him in prep for that. And um, my ro- my roommate, I I know he'd seen Skyfall and I think he'd seen Casino Royale. He hadn't seen Quantum of Solace and I can't remember if he's seen Spectre. Um, so he's catching up on movies movie he hasn't seen. So last night was Quantum of Rider Strike and tonight is Skyfall. And mm-hmm. then tomorrow will be Spectre.
0: So, it's interesting when you're saying your roommate hasn't... There's a couple that he may not have seen, like Spectre or whatever it is. But like mm-hmm. the way that they're kind of... Um, especially the last two trailers or so for No Time to Die, it almost looks like they've kind yeah. of hammered out a, a loose continuity between the Daniel Craig movies, almost like a Marvel movie.
1: Yeah, there has been. And I've I've found that interesting because you know i i there there are actually still some bond movies you know from all the past ones that i haven't seen but i know that the kind of continuity that's going on here really wasn't it was almost serialized to a point
0: yeah Um, which is unusual for a bond movie as you said
1: so i mean well if i remember correctly the books were not the books were not the books were more serialized as well i mean i think the, the only movie that hadn't been made from Ian Fleming's original work was Casino Royale, except for some, I think, before before Sean Connery, there was a TV, TV adaptation. Yeah, bit. yeah. Um, made. And so that was the last one. That was the last Ian Fleming. So, I mean, yeah, it was un- uncharted territory with Pierce Brosnan, cause, but they were going off of the bo- books that were written. The actual official books that were written after Ian Fleming died. This was just. This was pretty much just all, you know. They're, you know, they're, they're. I don't want to say making it up as they go along because that sounds like you know.
0: Pants,
1: but that's not that. Yeah, that's kind of Star Wars. <laughs> so, but um, but I think that's also kind of awarded them the ability to, like you said, you know, like it is Daniel. Craig Saga, I'm like it's this, it's his story. It's like it it arches across all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so even when there's a gap of time, a, a big gap of time between movies, um, like, and I don't just mean the real world. I mean in like the Bond world, like the gap of time between Quantum of Solace and Skyfall. Um, he's clearly a more seasoned agent at that point um and what his adventures were you know in that time we don't know but he's, he's definitely done. been on some adventures enough that when he goes over the edge at the beginning of the movie he's just like i'm fucking done i'm done mm-hmm. i'm so done i'm done with all of this until you know mi6 goes boom so you know obviously there was a lot that happened in there and it but it so even though the the storyline it was an overarching story Line between Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace, and Skyfall was totally separate story, but they still managed to actually link them together, even while bringing in new characters. You know, like finally bringing in Moneypenny, bringing in a new Q, um, saying goodbye to Judy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get over that one. Um, but bringing in a new M as well. So, so yeah, it's a uh, um, right. It's like there's 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 continuity across it, which means I'm which. Makes me especially excited to see this one to see how they finish telling that story. Because you had it like, like when I was mentioning earlier on Endgame, like you kind of had, I mean, we didn't know what was going to happen, but you knew the snack was going to be undone somehow. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like you kind of knew some stuff going into it. It's called Endgame. this is, uh, yeah. (laughs) So exactly. I'm like, and this, it's like I got nothing. I have nothing. Mm-hmm. I know that he gets in his Aston Martin and does again what Q told him not to do which was bring it back in one piece not bring back one piece <laughs> and he still brings back one piece because he destroys that car. yeah I'm pretty sure that's somewhere in the beginning yeah so um, I'm uh, I'm just I'm just really excited to see where this goes. So really excited to see where it goes
0: we got to before we figure out where it goes we got to go back in the past because what's framing our discussion today is the uh it's being James Bond it's a 45 minute special uh it was released early in September on Apple TV in America uh it'll be there till October 7 and it was released mm-hmm. on Crave in Canada uh, from September 24 until October 24 um and basically the 45 yeah. minute documentary special being James Bond uh, just kind of looks back at uh, Daniel Craig's uh, James Bond era, or as you call it, the Craig saga uh, which again reinforces this idea of a continuity or a, a run through uh, that kind of goes through all the Bond movies which typically in the past, the movies were more or less, like had a very loose continuity obviously all the actors were the same Q was consistent in all the movies but for the most part the James Bond movies were kind of operated like the Simpsons episodes Lisa's always a vegetarian in all the episodes, but there is also each Simpsons episode is just kind of like a mini universe. A Bunch of stuff happens and it doesn't necessarily relate to the next episode.
1: Yeah. I'm trying to think which ones I still haven't seen.
0: Um, so Craig is the 25th movie. No time to die is the 25th movie. So
1: it is. So he was, he did 21 through 25, right? Um, so uh, yeah, I'm just, it's funny. Cause I'm like, I am, I'm, I'm sitting here going like, which ones have I not seen yet? And it's like, and it's because there isn't this, there's no story that I need to connect between these movies. So it's like skipping around never, you know, it's like this is not the kind of thing that you could skip around on this series. Um, and it's, it's fascinating because I watched, you know, the documentary being James Bond. And, and when I, when I was watching it, I was, is going back to the beginning, and I forgotten completely that they had called him James Blonde or the Blonde Bond. Yeah. And like all of that stuff, and how everybody was like, Daniel, what? Daniel, who? Mm-hmm. You know, ev- everybody in England was pissed that he'd been cast yeah and i remember being kind of indifferent because at that point i wasn't a fan i mean well i wasn't not a fan i was very indifferent towards the bond movies um and i had seen as much as i love the movie now um i you know golden eye is such a ridiculous film i think that's why i love it because it is so ridiculous mm-hmm. um but you know because but i was pretty indifferent towards the movies they weren't just they weren't my cup of tea and I will, this is the moment where I pull my girl card out. I will freely admit the moment that I became interested in seeing it was the moment they got that pat shot of Daniel Craig walking out of the water. Yeah. And, and it was funny because they talked about that in the documentary about how like that's what changed everybody's mind because like, I was a fan of Daniel Craig. Like I'd seen some, some of his work. I'd, I'd seen Layer Cake a few times. Mm-hmm. I loved Layer Cake. cake. And, but, but I, I remember kind of thinking, thinking anything, I'm like, he's such a, a skinny dude. Um, and, you know, you know, any, any skinny dude can turn into a buff guy if you try hard enough.
0: Um, but it was also just the whole, like, there's like, but all of them up till then, uh, were kind of like tall, uh, dark hair, um, I guess classically handsome. You know what I mean?
1: I'm pretty sure that that's, I'm pretty sure James Bond is the reason the phrase tall, dark, dark, and handsome exists.
0: I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's probably what it contributed. You can probably like chalk that influence up. So it was like um, some of the criticism in terms of that was legitimate just because it was such a radical departure. Right. It it was just Mm -hmm. not what people were expecting because of the template, like especially because like we've done about 20 movies this way. Right. This is like, you know, it's always the Mm -hmm. thing of like when you go to McDonald's like in Texas and they have a slightly different item on the menu or they put pickles on something and you're like, yo, we don't do this here in like New York or other places. And so it throws you for a loop because you don't know how to react to this like weirder <laughs> menu item or whatever this is. Like it's McDonald's. It still feels the same as James Bond, but at the same time, there's some noticeable differences. It's not quite the same McDonald's that, you know, um, I, I was
1: like, I was, I was worried definitely. Um, I uh I was I was getting some weird feedback. I don't know if you could hear, but I was getting weird feedback on my end, anyways, before it no. glitched. You know, and that's just technology for you. Okay. You know, as per yesterday's shining example. Oh yes. Um. Yeah. Um. Uh. Where Where do we leave off? I was saying that like uh, some
0: of the criticism for Daniel Craig was understandable oh, yeah. because. It's a lot like going to different McDonald's, right? Like if you go to McDonald's in Texas, they have different items on the menu. It's not what you usually Mm -hmm. expect. It's still McDonald's and it's still James Bond. And he's still a tool of the British government and all these things. Mm -hmm. But there's some noticeable differences that kind of threw people off. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where like, um, I can can understand where some of the criticism was coming from. Because I was very critical too. Because I was like, I don't know, that dude seems a little short uh, for Bond. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I was, you know, I, I feel like this was kind of, you know, in the documentary, which for any of you out there listening, I was like, it's actually really short. It's like 45 minutes long. That's mm-hmm. it. Um, For, you know, kind of confirmed to me um, is that in the documentary, like, I was like, used I thought this. I thought this a little bit when the movie originally came out and I was definitely feeling this when I watched it, you know, it was a couple days ago,
0: Um,
1: is that it was the perfect opportunity to reboot Bond in a way that made more sense for what a spy would like, what a spy would be like today, what they would look like today, like how they would, you know, what James Bond should be in today today's society even if the, you know even like even with the movie coming out 15 years ago i'm like it's still you know in the nokia bricks they had in the in the film but it, it's like he was grittier and you can't you like in today's society you know most you know i don't think most spies are going to go around looking like you know pierce brosnan mm-hmm. and you know maybe you can get away with that to an extent but the whole point of being a spy is being able to blend in and get information and you know, for you know, the US government or king and country or whatever. You know, like um casting um Jeffrey Jeffrey Wright as Alex Leiter. Leiter Liter. Mm-hmm. The, the, the oh, Felix Leiter, for a second. yeah. I love him. The CIA like, yeah, agent. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, and it's like and he, and and he's so generic mm-hmm. and it works, especially in you know, especially when you see him, you know. He he's he's actually a really really good example because in Casino Royale he could put on a tux and he absolutely looks like he, he could belong at that table like he's he's not noticeable but he can pull off looking like he belongs at a high stakes poker game. And in the next movie when we see him in Quantum of he's like in some, you know, backwater hole in a third world country um and he you know and he can actually hold himself with the locals way more than bond can mm-hmm. um and that's what a modern spy would be you know and so i think giving i think giving bond a greater edge makes it more believable and makes it still interesting for a modern society and i felt like that was confirmed a little bit in the film i mean in the documentary because they you know they were talking about wanting to basically they did want to reboot it and they wanted to they wanted to make it something fresh and something different and something that was still going to hold people's interest and you know when uh miss broccoli uh was talking about when she saw um i'm blanking on what movie she was watching but the moment she saw oh, yeah. Craig yeah he was remember?
0: walking yeah, in the hallway he,
1: yeah yeah and mm-hmm. he, it was just which one
0: yeah, I can't remember what it's called, but it's the scene where he's walking in the hallway. That's what she glued cl- yeah. in.
1: and I saw, when they showed that, I was like, "Oh yeah, I could see it. I mm-hmm. could absolutely see what she saw." Mm-hmm. And it was dip, but it was it it was that walk
0: mm-hmm. which
1: Daniel Craig has done a very good job of making that Bond's walk, and mm-hmm. it works. But it was sinister. Like he looked sinister. You know, he didn't look like you know he looked like he was going in there. Um, you know, to kill your whole crew. Mm-hmm. He did not look like, um, you know, like he was going to go in, you know, and seduce your whole crew instead. Um, so, which is like, which is part of the reason I, uh, you know, talking about the movies in general, the whole opening sequence of the very, very, very first Bond movie, I mean, of Casino Royale, how it was all in black and white right up until he makes the second kill. Mm-hmm. And then it goes into the opening, like this is before and this is after um this is before he becomes 007 and it just it really it really told you like this is this is this is not even though it's serialized this is not a continuation of everything you've seen before like this is new this is we're going back to the beginning and we're going to start this over we're going to like we're going to adapt bond in an entirely different way and they i feel like they made him more vulnerable which is which you see more of in the books but you don't in the movies even back when even back when they were making ian fleming's novels you do you do see him as a bit more vulnerable a bit more gritty you know mm-hmm. he is you know he's not just a, a he's
0: face. not just gonna yeah but that brings Who up
1: really doesn't care when his bond girl gets killed
0: right but that brings up an interesting point because we see this with the marvel movies as well we're like, and they emphasize this in in the uh, the special being James Bond, but mm-hmm. they wanted somebody who could actually act. They wanted to get a really good actor, and I find that kind of strange mm-hmm. because the Bond movies. It's not that they're terrible actors or anything like this. Like Sean Connery does great for what he does and who he is, uh, and you can see other movies mm-hmm. like Crimson Tide and things like that. The Rock, he's perfect for those roles. He does what he's supposed to do. Uh, Indiana Jones, perfect for mm-hmm. what he does. But it, it's weird now that like we've kind of reached this um, evolution where like, as I said, the Marvel movies have a lot of Academy Award winner or Academy nominated actors like Robert Downey Jr. is a mm-hmm. good actor. Uh, Scarlett Johansson, good actor. Mark Ruffalo, good actor. And it's like, but you don't really yeah. necessarily need, quote unquote, good actors or do you for these type of roles? You're just playing the Hulk. Just go smash stuff. Uh, you're playing James Bond. Just go smash stuff on behest of the British government. And then go home. Like, do you really need... Do you feel like we need to have these good actors or these good performances?
1: You know, I do. And it's because I feel like... We've gotten to a tipping point in society where, you know, it's like I feel like we've seen it all, all. in film and television and music. Like, all of it, you know. It's you, everybody bitches about stuff getting recycled and rebooted and all that kind of stuff. And I feel like you can't get away with just going Hulk smash. You, can't, you have to actually put some depth behind the character itself, not just the persona, but the actual character, the actual person, because you need to make your audience care about them. You need to make the audience care about the person from one movie to the next, and if you put an actor in there who has some sort of who has gravitas and who can actually make the role his own, you begin to you want to know what happens in the next one. You know, you want to, you know, Robert Downey Jr. I mean, granted, I mean, like he, you know, he was Tony Stark, you know, mm-hmm. but you cared what happened from Iron Man one to Iron Man two, you know, like from Avengers to Iron Man. Actually, the Captain America,
0: I want to see what. Can you? sorry can you repeat the last like couple of like the last couple lines because you cut out oh
1: yeah no No, I'm I'm just just saying saying that like like, um... um with, you know, for me, like for me as an example, you know, as much as I wanted to know what was going on with the Marvel movies and what was happening with all the characters from movie to movies, you know, as someone who's been obsessed with captain America for years, one of the more sticking points for me is I wanted to know what happened to Steve Rogers. Uh I wanted to know what happened to Bucky Barnes. Like I want to know what happened to these guys from one movie to the next, you know, that was important to me. And so, and it's like, even though, you know, mentioning Bucky Barnes, I even though we as far as we know you know we don't know what he's going to come back we know he signed for something but we don't know for what um we they, we believe we've seen the last of Steve Rogers you're still going to have a lot of people that wanted to go watch Falcon and the Winter Soldier because I wanted to know what happened to Bucky Barnes mm-hmm. and then because Sam Wilson was part of that whole crew I now have deep love for Sam Wilson and Sam with Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow because they were all this team and you get at like what you're talking about, you know, you get the Scarlett Johansons and you get the Ruffalo's and you get the up-and-comers, you know, who are making names for themselves as, you know, having a talent outside of just being able to play a comic book character.
0: Tom Holland. You know,
1: you, yeah, they're infusing, they're infusing a, a person into the persona. And, it makes you care about it, and and that's that was the thing with me, you know. I you know I was I loved Casino Royale. Um, I loved the movie as a standalone movie. I didn't see Quantum of Solace until after Skyfall came out, mm-hmm. and Skyfall was as much as you cared about the character in Casino Royale. Casino Royale was interesting, and I don't know if anybody's noticed those, or you may have noticed. Them. I'm like it actually felt like it's, like it was shot. have that cinematic feel of a spy film a lot of the shots were done that way you Mm -hmm. know a lot of the cinematography was done that way it was lit that way Mm -hmm. because you know uh, quantum quantum solace wasn't but it was really when skyfall came out and you saw the toll that something like this job could take on some on to could have on a person you know bond might be to be a double agent you need to be some level of a sociopath but that doesn't mean that you are a pure 100% sociopath. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it was the first time where you looked at him and went, this dude needs a hug. Yeah. Uh, he needs a The guy needs a hug. And... And all of a sudden I was like, okay, I, I, I need to know all of this. I want to go back, rewatch Casino Royale. I need to see Quantum of Solace. I want to see what the whole lead up is to this and watch Skyfall again. And then, you know, and then sure enough, when Spectre was going to come out, I wanted to know what happened to him after he lost M, after he had to deal with, you know, a new Q, a new, you know, or a money penny coming in, you know, a new M coming in and, you Mi6 getting blown up and all those things that happened in that movie, him having to go back to his childhood home, that was huge. They took, a, you know, that destroyed one of the theories that had been going on for years that Bond was just the name James Bond was a code name, you know, because mm-hmm. that was the Bond home. His parents' names were, um, his last name was Bond, mm-hmm. and so you, I wanted to know, and you can't do that unless you've got somebody, you know behind the character it's it's like I think a good example is Lou Ferrigno. Love the guy. Mm-hmm. Love him to death. But the thing is is like you think of him and not not Lou Ferrigno. Not I mean he was just the Hulk. I actually cannot remember right now who played Bruce Brand. Bill Bruce Bixby Banners. It wasn't the same person. Bill Bixby. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Think back to that T V show. Tell me anything you remember about Bruce Banner. And then tell me what you remember about the Hulk. You just <laughs> they, they didn't put me... they didn't, and that was a TV series. They didn't infuse, even though it was a whole TV series, like they didn't infuse that kind of gravitas behind it. They did it with the movies, and it worked.
0: But, They're still turning them out, and people are still showing up. But it's weird though, because the counterpoint to what you're saying is that Bond didn't really necessarily have these emotions or this range of acting or. Uh, vulnerability or depth or anything like that for 20 movies basically 20 movies and it was a successful franchise like it still resonated Mm -hmm. and still connected with the audiences so that i guess what i'm asking then is do you think then the audiences have changed or they've evolved well
1: i don't want to i I think i kind of want to like backpedal a little bit i want to say that there was no range i mean sean connery was a bit like you said i'm like the like like you mentioned, you know, Crimson Tide and then um Hunter Indiana Red Jones. October, like oh, yeah. you know, he did a lot of great movies. Mm-hmm. You know, Pierce Brosnan. Funny enough, actually, when you said Crimson Tide, all of a sudden I was like, Is that a Brosnan movie? And then I was thinking of Crimson Peak. Okay, um yeah. <laughs> but he did the Thomas Crown Affair and all mm-hmm. kinds of, you know, these actors, Roger Moore, they have Jordan, they have some legitimate credits under their belt. So they they, I don't want to say they infused a per they didn't, though, these guys didn't infuse a person into the persona, mm-hmm. they infused a personality into the persona. That's very important, yeah, because you know, that was actually one of the sticking points. You know, if the in the documentary they were talking about how Craig just came across monosyllabic, bland, prickly at that first press conference, mm-hmm. like, and the big. Bland Bond thing was, and that's, you know, because it was the charisma, and you cannot do that without that kind of charismatic personality. And I think that that is Bond always got the girl. Mm-hmm. And then you know there's you know there's a lot of dudes out there who are probably you know, girls maybe too. I was like, well, not necessarily because it seems like most of the bond girls end up dying.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: it's like, <laughs> hey, you don't have to worry about sticking around because they're not gonna stick around. yeah. Um, it's you know, it easier but they to got break the up girl and they got the car and they got the gadgets, you know, and it's you know, it's it, it, and, and then you get that personality to go with it. you know they, it was an emulation of bond. but this time it's like you, People were emulating James Bond, but now with Craig, you're starting to care about the actual person James Bond, which is why I know a lot of people, myself included, can't imagine having another Bond after this. Not saying that it's not possible. I'm not saying that you can't keep it going. I absolutely believe that you can. it's just impossible to imagine whereas before yeah you could imagine another bond coming in mm-hmm. but now it's like where do you go from here when someone just literally made these five movies his like like i mentioned a saga mm-hmm. yeah i mean that so, was so i don't think audiences changed i think that's just shifted
0: that was the issue too like you mentioned like the the vulnerability with bond uh with with Craig's bond and that was one of the things I didn't mm-hmm. um that kind of turned me off a little bit. Because I, I I don't like him to I don't like James Bond. As you said, he's he's kind of like this he he's a walking tuxedo of gadgets mm-hmm. and seduces women, and he has the interplay with the bad guy and the cool dialogue and all that stuff. There it it just didn't seem like that kind of um uh vulnerability, that kind of openness, that kind of um I guess I guess really it's kind of like uh, uh, bravado. That's really what it is. Bond has a lot of bravado. And Mm -hmm. so to do the opposite, uh, I was kind of a little bit put off by it. Because he should be tougher. He should be stronger. And he should also, like you said, be a high-functioning sociopath. right? Like Bond is basically dead Mm -hmm. inside. He's just a tool of the British government. So whenever there's a nail that -hmm. they see, they just basically use him as a hammer and just kind of like nail it down. So it was like mm-hmm. I struggled a little bit, and I still do, uh, with uh, Craig's kind of vulnerability and his emotions. You know,
1: it's funny you make that analogy of a of a hammer and a nail. Like his job is just—he's the hammer; it's just his job, to, you know, to put the nail in. Mm-hmm. But in this case, you know, with Bond having more depth to him, more complexity to him, I think is part of what in a reality sense, would make Bond survive. So in in your analogy, yeah, a hammer and a nail will get the job done, but a nail gun, which is much more complex and much harder to deal with, is going to do a more efficient job.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, you, you need that, you know, to be a spy. Now, if you're just an assassin, that's one thing. They're just a straight assassin, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. But O agents are not assassins. They're spies with a license to kill. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the fact, you know, so they have they have to be able to blend into a crowd. They have to be actors to, to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that you're not going to get that unless you have someone who can think around a complex set of emotions. It's, you know, it makes me think of, I was a big fan I think we've talked about this before on this uh we have actually, you know, talked about this on this show before. Um I'm a huge fan of Buffy. And mm-hmm. one of the one of the reigning theories, and not so much theory, I mean it's kind of been mentioned in the series itself, is that the reason that she was one of the longest surviving slayers and considered the best slayer in the entire lineage is because of how she took she did, she wasn't just a blunt instrument and in season 2 the first time we see a new slayer that girl is a blunt instrument and buffy basically goes in there and get and and forces her to get mad and tells her is like you feel that anger you feel that fire use it mm-hmm. you know and um and i think that having the complexity you're gonna believe him more when he's you're gonna believe him at when he's being a spy like like if you're on the other end if you're the guy at the other side of the, on the other side of the table you know you're gonna believe that he belongs there too. You're going to the table you're gonna believe that he wherever he shows up so i don't know i'm well let me ask you a question what was what was the first bond movie you saw
0: do you remember it, it's too. i couldn't tell you the first one just because um, I watched them religiously growing up. So they're all like one mm-hmm. big blob of bondness. I un- like I know like now yeah. as an older person, I know the difference between like <laughs> Sean Connery and Roger Moore and stuff. But as a kid, yeah. um, it was just one big blobness of like action and vehicles and women and um, like... You know, uh, surviving with his wits and all that kind of oh cool mm-hmm. lines and things like that. Um, and that's funny, too, because it's like that's one of the things I kind of like uh, what makes me a little bit sad with the Craig bonds. is not that it's Craig's fault in any way, shape or form, but we had all the TBS marathons and all these kind of things on cable. Uh, where you constantly could find, like, a, a Bond movie playing late at night or any time. And so you would stumble upon stuff. And so I would watch chunks of Bonds uh, for 20, 30 minutes, then go on my way or take a nap or whatever it is that you don't really kind of have anymore. Uh, like, and so all those things, all the Bond stuff kind of got reinforced because of those TBS marathons and that kind of stuff. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I basically started... But from to kind of sort of answer your... your um, your your question. I started seeing Bond movies in the theater, like physically putting on pants and going to see Bond movies around Timothy Dalton. So okay. So Timothy Dalton, uh, um, Pierce Brosnan, and obviously Daniel Craig's. Those are the. So
1: do you did you have like of your first twenty? I mean, I know mean, you mentioned that you said they were all just kind of like a blob, like blended together, but. Did you have a... Was there anyone in there in particular that you tended to gravitate towards? Like a favorite or anything?
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, 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 Goldfinger. uh, The man with the golden gun. Like all that. Um, Mm -hmm. Moonraker. I just thought was so ridiculous and over the top with the space stuff. Um, Dr. Mm -hmm. No, the original, uh, was like a classic. Yeah, yeah, there's like... um, There was definitely a few... Um, I, th- I think I it really kind of boils down to, like, one or two from each actor that's like, oh, that was delightful. Well,
1: and then there's just the one where you can only actually like the one. Oh, George Lazenby, <laughs> yeah.
0: That one was a weird one, too. It took a little well, while for me to kind of, like, uh, to kind of get used to it, just because he was married. And it just seemed, again, that, too, kind of seemed uh, disconcerting. It seemed out of place for Bond to get married or to be, like, quote-unquote retired or whatever. And so... I know this sounds cold out loud, but when they like killed the wife and they kind of freed him up, I'm like, okay, bonds back to normal. I understand how that sounds out loud, but that was well, just are,
1: that's in the books.
0: Yeah, I know. I know. But like, again, it's just the okay. way that the Bond's kind of been presented to us. Um, So it yeah. just doesn't like we, it's cause it's also an action movie cliche, right? I want to do one last job and then I'm out, right? I'm not going to do any more killing. I'm not going to do any. Yeah. This, like we've seen that kind of cliche and like, Again, because I view Bond as, like, a tool of the British government. I'm like, you don't... A Hammer doesn't just say, like, I don't want to build houses anymore. I'm going to retire. Hammers don't retire, mm-hmm. right? And then in Bond's yeah. case, I think he would either, like, obviously die. Or he would just, like, mm-hmm. uh, just be inca- incapacitated somehow. Like, handicapped or whatever.
1: Well, yeah, you know, he actually makes a... Uh, uh, Craig's Bond actually says a line not too far off from how you're, like, in the first movie... Because when, when he's made double O, it's when I'm I'm pretty sure, I, What is he, like? he says it when he breaks into M's house the first time in Casino Royale. And she's like, I'm wondering if they made a mistake with you. And he's like, well, from what I understand, a double O, you know, a double O life expectancy is short-lived. So, you know, it'll be a short-lived, you know, it'll mm-hmm. be a short-lived, you know. It'll a short-lived mistake. Yeah. So, like, they're not expected to survive.
0: Yeah. You know? Um, Octopussy so, had, like, 008 die. Uh, He got a knife to the back. So, you've seen, like, in other movies, uh, other Bonds, yeah. <laughs> who, who you're like, who's that guy? That's, like, 008, and then all of a sudden he's gone. I'm like, oh, okay, I don't have to know who he is then, right? So, you keep moving on, right? And that, again, the was bond, always the... Admit it.
1: You, remember, you remember 006. Uh huh. Alec.
0: Oh yeah. Okay. Sean Bean. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay.
1: There's no forgetting that one. Yeah, yeah. But I also very I I have a deep, 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 deep love for Sean Bean,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: especially because of his name. So, but that's that's a story for another day. Correct. Um.
0: But it it's interesting. So before you before you circle back to your point though I I I want to bring up one other point too from the from the documentary, which was that like, um they initially were going to cast original people, like uh, the classic type of Bond that I was talking about, which is like the mm-hmm. names they had listed at the time was Colin Farrell, Hugh Jackman, and Clive Owen. Mm-hmm. Clive Owen's been kind of rumored for yeah. a Bond for like years. Um, I think mm-hmm. ever, ever since like maybe like Timothy Dalton, like uh, it's been around for a while. Um, yeah. So it, it, it was interesting, like those none of those names particularly work well. Or I think if they had hired them, they wouldn't have been you wouldn't have gotten, obviously, the Craig saga in terms of this like continuity and this kind of vulnerability. It would have been more of what in line of what I was thinking or how I perceive Bond.
1: And that's fair. And, and, and I And I like that point because I feel like, you know, I mean, we we would not Skyfall isn't just a great Bond movie. It's it's a it's good a movie. Stellar movie yeah you know you could switch out everything about that being james bond and just make it somebody else and it still would be a mm-hmm. stellar movie yeah and it's like you just said it's like if we didn't have daniel craig we would not have skyfall you know we wouldn't have that stuff and i feel like you know you, know, you mentioned moonraker being so over the top ridiculous which yes but a lot of Brosnan's films in general you know it's like I was telling there it's like imagine Goldman like that movie's ridiculous it is ridiculous I cannot I still I still can't get over Denise Richards Christmas Jones and she's a doctor oh, I, can't yeah. get over it. I will never get over that I will, <laughs> that sends me I swear <laughs> to God
0: she was a nuclear um, physicist wasn't she I think it was
1: uh... oh yeah she was literally a rocket scientist yeah um and it's just like eh, but the thing is is like you can only Sustain that for so long, and it's just so. I don't think that. I think that if they kept that going, it would have just people would go see a Bond movie because it's James Bond, and it. But it, but it would have gotten to the point, and it was getting to the point where it's like you went and saw it because you just felt like you had to. As rote at that point, mm-hmm. not that, not to, not to discount the movies. I'm mean, like Pierce Brosnan was great, but at the same time, it's like you just went it's like it's like doctor who um you know you watch it because it's doctor who mm-hmm. not necessarily because you like the current doctor or anything like that but it's like you it's, it's you know it's like you've been doing it like, you know it's like you're excited for the new doctor whatever it's like but there's it just becomes rote at a point point. and i feel like if they hadn't gone with craig then i don't think they would have re-energized it the way that they did
0: so, but that, so um, but that brings up an interesting point because yeah. the, the, the tension with all these things, with Doctor Who, with James Bond, with Avengers, uh, all of these things, is that there is uh, an ongoing tension between the new fans, because you have to bring in new people as well. These things, like, we're yeah. celebrating One Woman's 80th uh, anniversary, right? Like, One Woman doesn't last 80 years if people don't like her. Like, generation after generation of people don't like her. Right? So how do you yeah. how do you resolve the tension between the new getting new fans and pulling in new like the getting the kids, right? You got to get the kids smoking mm-hmm. or and like versus the old heads. Like people like me who have like happily enjoyed like 20 years of Bond being dead inside, no emotions, completely mm-hmm. misogynistic. You know what I mean? And then now like you said cuz you're in the same boat now because once the Craig movies wrap up, you're in the same boat now. Where, like if the new bond comes out and it, and it's not quite what you want or whatever. There's gonna be tension. I get that.
1: Um, and I yeah, I'm thinking thinking about the Craig movies. I mean, like he did become dead inside by Skyfall. Like mm-hmm. he was absolutely dead inside. Um, you know, and that all but that all was because of just how you know how fucked up Vesper made him. Yeah. Just completely screwed him up. Um. It's almost like he went into being a double agent, on bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, only to find that, go, no, 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 it doesn't work that way. You mm-hmm. know? Um, <laughs> So, but it, so I feel like you got a combination, though, when you think about it, at least to an extent, um, you got, you got the gadgets, you got the girls, you mm-hmm. got the. He was just. I mean, that was kind of the running joke, in. More so, uh, a little bit, because it was about both of them, Samuel and, um, and Quantum of Solace were, you know, and kept going, okay, but did you leave him alive because we wanted to question him? Don't worry about that. Let's focus on future things, because he killed the guy. <laughs> you know, he kept killing the people that they wanted to question and did a lot more in Quantum of Solace. And to the point where they, and this is one of the plot holders, Drives me crazy because they never wrapped this up. When he ended up throwing that guy off a roof, and then it was, uh, oh gosh, uh, I can't even. Um, my God, I'm blanking on his name right now. Just because, anyways, I'll get to that in a second. Um, the main villain of the movie, um, Christopher Waltz. He fell on his car. No, 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 no. no, no. This isn't Quantum of Solace. Quantum souls. Um. So I'm just blanking on the dude's name right now. Um. Uh, the character's name. But anyways, falls in his car and he's like, he see my face, and so the driver gets out and shoots him. Well, Emma thinks that Vaughn shot the guy and threw him off the roof, and it turns out that he was he was Special Branch. Mm-hmm. You know, the, you you killed a friendly and you did it in cold blood, and that's when they're like, you need to come in mm-hmm. because yeah, we're gonna we're gonna put you down. And he's like, no, it just got to it just came to a head. So it's like you got the random killings, you got the. Bon, you know like i said the bond girls and all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. um and then you know for all of us women out there all of modern women we got bond boy when he was coming out of the water <laughs> um which apparently i was reading a funny story about that which i was hoping they would talk about in the documentary but they, I, I get why they didn't didn't but when he pops out of the water like that and walks up the entire reason that that shot exists is because all he was supposed to do was swim across the water. Just keep swimming. It was going to be a shot where i swimming from one to the other. But he ran into a sandbar. So there was nowhere for him to go.
0: No.
1: Daniel Craig. So that's how they ended up for. So when he pops out of the water and starts walking to shore, they put that in there because that sandbar was in the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the shot. That was the pap shot. I'm like, that was the turning point. You know, it was serendipitous. Mm-hmm. You know, so we got that. You know, us girls, we got we got to see the pretty, you know, that's which we didn't always necessarily get with the other bonds. Mm-hmm. So I feel like like what you're talking about where it's like, how do you bring in the old, the new I was Like, I feel like you kind of got a little bit of a suspicion to Casino Royale. I was like, it was I to say it was shot like a bomb movie and he was being very just, you know, just killing it. You know, like it's almost felt like at random, you know, like just anybody and everybody. Um, and you got the absolute beautiful girls top to bottom, mm-hmm. um, but you got for the newer generations, the ones who wanted a bit more uh, realism in their movies, which I think is actually a product of the 90s because there were so many reality based films not like reality TV, but I'm thinking of things like the whole re- you know, reality bites era. Of films. Okay. Um, that we expect a little bit more realism in our movies, especially also with the advent of CGI and how far it's come along. We really expect to see some more. We 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 don't want it to look fake, we don't want it to feel fake. So you get that with Bond being you know, a little bit grittier, a little bit this, a little bit that, you know, him turning into Bond by the end of the film, which is why he doesn't ever say the line until the very last shot of the film. I'm Bond, James Bond. Uh, name's Bond, James Bond. You know he's wearing he. She can't say it before that because he's not wearing the suit. He hasn't become James Bond, mm-hmm. and it actually makes me wonder because you you know your point. I wonder how much of it would have been more, a little bit more flash, a little bit more James, because they set the end of that movie up for him to become the, you know, Seville row tailored suit James Bond. But we didn't happen in Quantum of Solace, which makes me wonder, or as didn't really happen that much in Quantum of Solace, which makes me wonder, was, would we have seen more of it if there hadn't been a writer's strike?
0: Yeah, I didn't like Quantum of Solace at all. That one no. was like, um, I mean, I'm not a, not that necessarily you need numbers for this, but it's, it's one that a, generally a lot of people I know also don't like at all. Um, oh I yeah, think, no, it. I think it. Um, yeah. I think it's one of the things where, like you said, they seem to have started something, and the this little documentary short too, being James Bond, kind of supports this idea that they clearly want to start something, like kind of a similar to like the way that Nolan had his Batman trilogy, and he started with uh-huh. obviously Batman Begins, and so Casino Royale was basically James Bond Begins, but. Mm-hmm. Quantum Solace, whether it's the writer strike or whether it was other issues, um, didn't just quite. It, they it was half baked, right? <laughs> they pulled it out of the oven way too soon uh, before it was the, before the cake was ready, and so it's kind of like a disappointing meal. And I think they they worked, and I think that's partly why they worked hard on Skyfall. They're like, look, we're sorry about the whole Quantum of Solace. Here, we'll make a really good movie to make up for that.
1: I don't know if you heard me say it earlier but the,
0: I've, for years I've always called a quantum of rider strike. Yeah, that's it, what I call it. It it was just like um it yeah, that probably was that probably contributed to it but also I think it's just like they also just I I think what you're saying too and what the what this little documentary is supporting too is I think they were kind of on on um they they didn't quite know how to do this. Like when the Marvel movie started Uh, Kevin Feige had clearly uh, he had a clear vision of this is what we're going to do and they put the little end credits in there and they knew how to keep building the story and building the story. I think Casino Royale I think they did really want to do like some sort of Marvel MCU type continuity but they didn't know how to do it. They did it the Star Wars way and I think that's also partly why Quantum of Solace suffered because it was like well we got to put all these things in there to like make sure that it fits and continues the story but they didn't really know how to do it so they just kind of just... That's basically it. Well,
1: well, this is where I'm going to disagree with you a little bit. Only because of the fact that Iron Man came out in 2008. Quantum of Solace also came out in 2008. Mm -hmm. So they didn't have the Marvel map yet. Mm -hmm. No one did. Right. You know, and sometimes I wonder... I've actually wondered if it was, like, the other way around. After... um, Oh, after I've... they saw what you could do with you know with a character like James Bond with mm-hmm. this character that is burned into people's brains being a certain way you know what how you could infuse it and give it life i wonder if that was part of a kicking off point of like we can do that with these comic book characters you know everybody knows iron man we can breathe life into it mm-hmm. we can breathe life into captain america who in the comics even to it has always been seen as a stick in the mud and was for most of the beginning of the first film until he you know it didn't really change much until the end of the film Mm -hmm. um you know so it may it makes me wonder if actually what you're saying is actually the other way around not so much that they were trying to do what uh marvel was doing but marvel went in and said we could do that with these characters. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I wasn't in the room, Yeah. but I would I would absolutely 100% believe it if you know, if uh uh if anybody, you know, fight year any of them came out and said, "Oh yeah, 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 we we that was part of what made us think that we could do this."
0: Um but we've uh, seen like in like Fast and Furious has a very tight continuity, convoluted continuity in terms of like watching the movie order, but it has a continuity <laughs> Uh, the Saw movies is another one with a very distinct continuity uh, that mm-hmm. you have. To, you kind of sign up for these things, right? Um, and then kind of your point, which is that Quantum of Solace did come out in 2008, and Skyfall was 2012, so there was four years of seeing like Marvel movies and uh, mm-hmm. I guess Fast Furious and other things, kind of establish a really distinct continuity that audiences gravitated towards and kind of signed yeah. up for. And it the flip side of what you're saying too is like, I think even for general fans, like non-nerds, I think they're a little bit put off by the DC movies because they're like, do I watch Aquaman first or Justice League? And like, I've had those questions from non-nerds, right? Yeah. Because they got conditioned by Fast and Furious and by Marvel movies. They're like, do I watch this one Or first? I'm like, no, Aquaman is just a movie. (laughs) You could just watch it anytime. There's a little bit of kind of connection to Justice League, but not really right? Like you don't need to watch justice league to kind of get everything that's happening. Mm -hmm.
1: No, absolutely. Um, I, I 100% agree, but I, and I think that, you know, this just kind of popped into my head when we were talking, I actually think it goes back even further than that. I would say like the first one, the first movies that did it and probably turned the heads of, Oh, we can suck these people in for movies upon movies, you know? And, instead of just waiting to see if the first one does well, and then deciding to make a sequel with Harry Potter. Yeah. You know, I mean, cause that's Harry Potter. I mean, like there is, I think there's something to, there is something to the fast and furious. No, actually, no, I'm not going to use that as an example. Cause seriously, you can't watch them. There's a lot of later ones. You cannot watch them unless you've watched the earlier ones.
0: Honda. Um, yeah.
1: <laughs> so, so, but, yeah. but, but you know, with, with harry potter and you know like in bond like there's a there is a there is a little bit to the movie especially the earlier harry potter movies you can watch them by themselves there is a whole story there mm-hmm. you really don't get that switch until goblet of fire um because it's happening because that's when what's his name that's when Voldemort that's when comes back because that's when it makes it really like you know an overarching story but The thing is, is that, you know, I also think Harry Potter was the first one to take the last book and split it into two movies. And then, and then Twilight did it and Hunger Games did it. You know, a lot of these, they did that. They split the last one into two movies just to milk it for more because they knew people would. And they did it again with Marvel, even though it's not based on a book, it's based on comic books. They took what was essentially the last movie and made two movies out of it. Mm -hmm. Because there was only supposed to be three Avengers films. And they made it four by taking the last one and making it two movies. Mm-hmm. And because they realized, you know, when they saw what was happening with Harry Potter, and then again, you know, James Bond was doing it, and they started bringing them, they realized, like, we can keep, you know, yeah, you, you, you know, you've got people who would like to be able to just, a movie comes on, you're, you're right, late at night, and it's already 30 minutes into it, and you wanna just be able to sit and watch it and not have to worry about what happened before this movie and what happens in the movie after but you know you want that standalone but at the same time it's like you know you're still you're getting these people who you're building an audience that will it's a built in audience for a movie it's a built in audience for a single character it's a built in Mm -hmm. audience for a single movie that turns into one Iron Man turns into 20 something movies and it's like with Craig you know everybody was just breaking him over the coals when he was cast as bond and they managed to turn that one bond film this new bond actor into a whole series of films that had a built-in audience that wasn't just fans of james bond but fans of craig as james bond and the story that was you know like the story that was happening with him
0: So 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 where do you go from here then? Like you, you kind of alluded to it a little bit, but like, because you, (laughs) but do you, but I'm talking more about like, so then, so then we saw that like a good example of what you're talking about is like the Nolan Batman movies, right? He did three of them. They're all like one kind of contained universe. And then that's it. And then you watch Justice League and other DC movies and you get different Batmans. There's the new uh, Twilight Batman coming out, I think, next year. Right. So (laughs) but you can just watch the Nolan ones and it's all contained. And so what you're saying is the same thing. The Daniel Craig ones are these five movies from Casino Royale to No Time to Die are, are all contained. So then you you do the same thing with like so let's say you get a new, let's say Clive Owen or somebody's the new Bond. Yeah. Do you do then like another like five again or another trilogy that kind of self-contains everything? Or do you just go back to the way Bond was as like a loose Simpsons continuity?
1: I'm still worried about how they're going to make just the transition from just the first movie transition because it's like, you can do it. You know, it's like you're saying, it's like, how do you do that? Because you can do it in so many ways. I'm like, I feel like you can't continue the James Bond story the way that it went because you can't continue to tell Daniel Craig's James Bond story mm-hmm. with a different actor. So it's like, and then you have to ask yourself a whole host of other questions Or go, okay, so does that mean that we're going to get Ben Whishaw back as Q? Are we going to have the same money penny and M? I mean, Are, these, are we going to get Tanner? Is Tanner coming back? Are these people coming back? For the next movie without Craig, or are they going to go, okay, we have to reboot everything again because his was so contained and its own story? Or do you.
0: Which is what Batman did.
1: Yeah. So, or do you. Yeah. Or do you do like. Or do you end up making it. Well, I I mean, we'll find out in this movie. But I mean, James, you know, we found out in travel the name James Bond is not a code name. But do they go do they kind of embrace that mentality and go, you know what? We are going to turn it into a code name. Mm-hmm. The world knows who James Bond is. You know, he's, he is famous in, you know, in the underworld. Um, but that doesn't necessarily know, mean that everybody knows who he is. They know the name that doesn't, you know, they could, they could embrace that. Mm-hmm. I don't know though. Cause it's it's like your question. was like, you know, do they make it a whole contained story or do they go back to, I'm like, I feel like that's the second question. The first one is, is like, how do you first make this transition? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but it is a good opportunity. I think that they, I think having a blonde bond, mm-hmm. so to speak, that whole thing, you know, giving bond an entirely different look and it working really does open up the possibility of having, a, you know, a black bond in Idris Elba um although he's he said he's not doing it i might breaks my heart but whatever um you know having that kind of a bond or you know ben Wishaw was saying in an interview recently that he could absolutely see there being a bond that's gay i mean although it was already confirmed in skyfall that whether bond, bond is, is bisexual, bisexual or not he has is. actually had bisexual encounters which also is should be common for a more modern spy because mm-hmm. you have to play whatever you have to play to the room whatever room you're in mm-hmm. um so i think this was like you still have a dude you still have a white dude let's change his hair color and see how she just i color see how the, you know. okay, they, they loved it hey we can't make it a girl but you know maybe we'll they can go from there and like these baby steps until the doctor who the first female doctor Who.
0: sorry you're breaking up again
1: connect in this twitter space it's usually me and i and i
0: you're breaking up again i
1: just have an issue i am
0: yeah i don't
1: so let me uh can you hear me
0: yeah now it sounds clear now it's good don't move okay yeah sorry so you were saying like you want to, you think the audience is like should be like you play to the room, you were saying, so you try and get like a blonde bond and see if that works, if people accept that and keep going from there.
1: And these changes and these changes until you get to the point that you have a female Doctor Who, you know, maybe they'll have a female Bond. I mean, we do know because it's been in the trailer a lot that the next 007 is women. Mm-hmm. So, so I, don't, I don't know, do you have in mind who you could see as. The
0: next James Bond. No, but um I I know like Tom Hardy is one name that's been kind of circulated around a lot. Um and again My that's, favorite. uh that but his physical stature, kind of that short stocky, kinda of still fits with the Craig, right? Like mm-hmm. um so uh we get the dark hair back, but we still got the physical stature, I guess, of Craig. So I don't know, I guess that could work, uh, but he's also making a lot of Venoms now, so I don't know if he has time to, uh, to make Bonds. Because the, the problem with Bonds is that it's very time-consuming as well, so you need to kind of lock somebody up. I know Daniel Craig's made other movies, but for the most part, since, since 2006, and I know No Time to Die has been delayed quite a bit, but for the most part, since 2006 with Casino Royale, he's been more or less dedicated to Bonds. Right. It's very much like the Marvel uh, movie actors. Right. Like Robert Downey's made a couple of movies here yeah. and there. But for the most part, he's just been basically cranking out like 20 Avengers movies. But I, yeah. I, I don't mind totally Tom Hardy. I'd need to see a little bit more from him to like he looked good in uh, Inception with the suit and everything like that. So I'm like, mm-hmm. that's a possibility. Uh, but I can't think of anybody right now that I'm like, yeah, that guy's perfect. Like, let's hire him and like give him the job and like move on. And I think that's partly why they said they're going to wait till like 2022 to decide who the next Bond is. Because I think they just need some time.
1: It's, you. The problem is, is you have to find an actor that is down to action. And I don't just mean it's good in an action film. I mean, you've got to see, you've got you've got to be able to picture somebody beating, beating the shit out of somebody until they're dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time... They have to look damn good in a tux, right? And so, um, uh, Hiddlesticks, thats what I call him, Tom Hiddleston.
0: Oh, this yeah, yeah. Has
1: been floated around, and it's like, you, so you take those two Toms, right? Mm-hmm. I can see Tom Hiddleston, you know, carrying a room in a tux.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: cannot see him beating the crap out of anybody. No. Tom Hardy is the other way around. Yeah, we've mm-hmm. seen him dress in a suit, but there's just something about his face that just screams like gritty. Mm-hmm. Just grittier, just grittier than even Daniel Craig, and so I'm like, it's finding somebody who can be both. And then, oh my God, it's I know that part of his name is Renee, and part of it is Jean, and I cannot think of the whole name right now. But the guy from Bridgerton.
0: Um, oh, I don't watch that. So uh, uh,
1: yeah, but they don't make that for he's me. Like he is a very, 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 very pretty black man, and he and his name has been floated mm-hmm. as a possibility. And I look at him, I'm like. I really don't know if I could see you beating the crap out of somebody. But he's also somebody that I look at him and go, like, I can't picture it at all with Tom Niddleston. Cannot Mm -hmm. picture it. Yeah, I agree with you. I can maybe picture... It's like, if I saw him doing it, I could maybe see it as passing, but I'd have to see it first before I believe that he could play both sides of it. That's the issue. You have to find someone who can do both.
0: That's why it was kind of like... When you look at some of the older ones, like Pierce Brosnan had Remington Steel. So you got to see him in a tuxedo. You got to see him punching people. You got to see him doing kind of like spy, thriller, detective stuff. Um, Roger Moore had The Saint, right? So again, you got to see him in kind of like action. So it's like those are like longer um, auditions in a way. Where like it wasn't a stretch for those actors kind of jumping to that thing and for audiences to accept it. I think that was also the problem too with Mm -hmm. Daniel Craig was he kind of came out of nowhere. He hadn't really done anything that was super mainstream. That was like the audience kind of knew who he was and what to expect. Whereas like Tom Hardy, we've yeah. seen like Inception and Venom and a few other things. We're like, all right, yeah, I, that kind of works. And we've also seen uh, what you call them, Hiddlesticks uh, in like Avengers yeah. movies and other places. And like, he's a good actor. But yeah, like you're right. Like he, he looks like 120 pounds, like soaking wet. I could take him. So that one's not happening. <laughs> Think about this.
1: You know, especially, especially because you brought it up with the Batman movies. Uh, Bruce, Bruce Wayne's the same Wayne. way. Bruce Wayne is the com, you know, and not Tony Stark per se, because Tony Stark's never really been the whole like he has to be debonair. He's never been that way, but Bruce Wayne has. Bruce Wayne is has to be it has to be somebody who can play debonair mm-hmm. and somebody who can absolutely beat the crap out of somebody until they're bloody and dying. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just you know, it's just not. You know, it's like we look at these people as Batman, and I mean, I, in today's society, I never, ever, ever would have cast Michael Keaton as Batman, but his Batman was so very specific, and he did a good job. I mean, Affleck, I absolutely think, pulls off both sides of it. I am gonna have to see the movie because I am. I just i I cannot get. I cannot get behind the idea of, of of Robert Pattinson as Batman.
0: I just, yes. yes. it doesn't like so. That casting is way off like and they tried to do like you said the grittier darker almost like a mountain dew type commercial batman where it's like let's be edgy mm-hmm. and i'm like no well, he looks
1: like emo he looks yeah. so emo I'm like he looks like he looks like he should be filling in for Gerard Way the lead singer of My Chemical yeah. Romance not actually putting on the bat suit right. and then putting on a toxic night yeah or both so and i know it's supposed to be more of a going back in another type of origin story like they did um, with the Nolan movies. But um, I just, I don't know, like I said, I'll have to, I, I, I promised myself that I will reserve judgment until I see it. But, uh, you know, especially Affleck filled out the bat suit. Like, he looked imposing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, he, could, he had that. And you know, I mean, we could go back and we could talk about um, George Clooney and we could talk about Val Kilmer and what worked for them and what didn't work for them. Obviously, nipples. Like, but if we're going to talk about modern ones, I mean, um, why? I'm blanking. I'm blanking. Help me, because I keep.
0: Well, I just what, keep Val saying Kilmer?
1: The Nolan movies. Kilmer. Huh?
0: Val Kilmer? Batman. No, the, no, no, no. no the Nolan oh, Christian movie, Bale. The,
1: the, the, thank you, Christian Bale. Mm-hmm. Um, Christian Bale did a pretty good job of. Filling out the batsuit and filling out Bruce Wayne, um, he was, he was, a figure to be sure. But Affleck's
0: Batman was imposing, mm-hmm. um, and you know
1: we all saw the first time he dated Jennifer. You know uh, Jennifer Lopez. He absolutely can be clean cut to like within an inch of his life. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, and I just, I just. I don't know if they're just like we have to rail in a completely opposite direction. But you know, you you and I have talked about this so many times. Like Warner Brothers is just all over the map. As,
0: mm-hmm.
1: as far as how they're trying to put together their D C universe. So um I don't know. Um, but uh, you yeah, know, we all this whole this whole conversation we never we talked about we talked about Cena Royale, we talked about skype we talked about Quantum Solace, We have
0: not at all talked about Spectre. Did you like Spectre? Um, I think so. That's the honest answer. Uh, I have to see it again. It's one I've only seen once, actually, which is odd for a Bond. I've seen almost all the Bonds like numerous times. Uh, obviously except for Quantum yeah. Solos. Quantum Solos, I went back to it one more time. So I've only done it twice, and I was like, "Yeah, this is a terrible movie." But Spectre, for some reason, just falls through the cracks. I keep forgetting about it, and I just never kind of get around back to it like so um the answer is i think i like it um i had a good bad guy all that kind of stuff um but i think too specter specter's crime was that it came after skyfall so Yeah. yeah it's the thing of like you know uh the record company was all excited when michael jackson's thriller sold like 30 million albums and then bad comes out and it only sells like 20 million and they're like that's it and it was like kind of a letdown, <laughs> right? And it was like, well, what did you expect was gonna happen? So, um, I, the answer—the short, the long answer to your question is, I think so. Do you like it?
1: I do, but I actually kind of feel like the same way you do. I mean, there are actually some things in that movie I do not like. Um, and I'm—we're watching it tomorrow, and so we'll, you know, I know that part two of this of this the uh, space station oddity, which, by the way, for everybody who's listening. I designed the artwork for it, and I gave it to Sammy the other day to see, and neither of us noticed that it's a space oddity and not space station oddity.
0: Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, okay. It was very good art, though, so I approved, and I signed off on it. I was more worried about spaces with an S, so I went went minute. I like that. Uh It's
1: like, is it Twitter Space or Twitter Spaces? But, I mean...
0: Oh, that's so funny. It's so funny. I never noticed that. And this too, like the chat today, because I'm the one
1: who scheduled it. I scheduled it, Space Oddity. I'm like, it's just this word station just like, literally out of my mind. Okay. But anyways, um, so uh, I know that part two of the Space Station Oddity is, you know, after the fact, after No Time to Die comes out. So Mm -hmm. you obviously have to see it before next Tuesday. I'm seeing it Thursday. Um, You know, I, I feel like, there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of things that bugged me about Spectre. There's a lot I liked about it. There's a lot I liked about that movie. But there are some things that bugged me that I kind of don't want to touch on until after I've seen No Time to Die because I really want to see how it re- how they resolve themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them in particular being his Bond girl. Um... How they brought, how they used the team in this in Inspector. Um, you know, they were they brought in Money Penny and they brought in Q and Skyfall. Tanner Tanner's was already there. there. They brought and, in a new M. So you know, you have you have these characters, and it the end of the film when he goes after C and like all that that whole big climax scene. The the way that they were using those characters it felt like a team buddy cop
0: movie mm-hmm. that's a good way to put it yeah
1: and i and i and i'm like i like i feel like they went from the best example i've been able to think of since specter came out is the difference between lethal weapon one and lethal weapon four they're two completely different genre of movies mm-hmm. and yet apparently all in the same universe yeah um and so it's and i'm as I, and i I do know somebody who's seen it. Uh, one of my best friends in England, she saw it yesterday. Yeah, mm-hmm. she saw it yesterday. And she, we're, I was I was throwing out the best dad jokes because she was in a group chat today. And she's like, it is killing me that I can't talk about it. And I was like, boop, I'm sorry, but this is no time to die. I was very proud of myself. <laughs> <laughs> But she's, she's like I mean she was just over the
0: moon about it and she is she loves movies. You can
1: win her over fairly easily, but she is very, very, very critical of stuff like this, especially being from
0: England, you know, like a lot of us. I mean she's very critical yeah, yeah. Of,
1: of, of movies, you know. She's she's a producer, she's actually won an author and you know, so she's like she's very, very, very particular about a lot of this stuff. Um so and she you know, apparently it really is killing her that she can't talk about it. And I told her, I was like, just wait until Thursday. Just wait until Thursday. We can talk about it. So I've heard at least from one person. I never read critics' reviews ever. But at least from one person, you know, two thumbs up, fine holiday fun.
0: All right. We will... So... We can leave it there. Um, And then we'll continue this discussion after we've both seen No Time to Die. But for now, the 45-minute documentary special is called Being James Bond. And again, it's on Apple Mm -hmm. TV. You have until October 7, uh, which is only a couple more days, unless you're in Canada and you can watch it on Crave, and you have until October 24. And, of course, No Time to Die comes out on Friday, October 8. So Mm -hmm. uh, that's it. Uh, We are uh, agents going to be signing off. This is, I guess, our burn notice. Mm -hmm. Is that what it is? I can't remember my spy. Anyways, I am Sammy. I am uh,
1: Agent 005 Stephanie.
0: All right, 005. All right, that's pretty classy. All right, thank you for hanging out, and we will be back uh, next Tuesday at 4 p.m. with artwork that spells out the proper name of the show, which we will now notice. <laughs> and this show is called My, Stace- My Summer Layer Space Station Oddity, in case you didn't know. And we will be talking about go. No Time to Die. Thanks for hanging out. Peace out. Okay.